Hello, and welcome to the Boldest Love Podcast. I have a question for you today. I'm wondering if it ever feels like you have days or weeks that are just really a race to try to keep up with everything that's on your to-do list and everything that is on your plate. If that feels familiar to you, you are certainly not alone. I have so many memories of times when you know people would ask me how I was, and my typical response was either kind of tired or really busy. <laughs> and since then, I've gotten very interested in really looking at and exploring you know, some of my own ideas and some of our cultural ideas around productivity and overworking and busyness and looking at you know, how we can really deconstruct some of that and start to live lives that have a little more white space and a little more balance and a little more flow. So if that sounds good to you, I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. We have Sadie Ticklier on, I'm sure I said that wrong. Will you help me out with that, Sadie? Well, yeah, Sadie Titular. There we go. Sadie Titular. Perfect. So Sadie is, I'm just going to read your introduction because I love how you wrote this. Sadie is a life coach for creative business folk who are tired of being tired, ready to do less, be more, still thrive. And she believes and works with the magic of rest and play, as well as the power of embracing our shadow side where our true self waits to be discovered. Hmm, I just love that so much. And I first actually came across Sadie's work. We were both uh, speakers as part of the summit. And I was really just drawn into um, her message and the topics that she was raising. And I'd followed her work since then and really just valued uh, some of the conversations that she's bringing into some of these spaces around looking at how we live a little bit of a more, I almost want to say like natural focus life in a way or more balanced life. So I'm so happy to have you here and to be able to share some of that with us. Thanks for being here, Sadie. Um, yeah, I'm I'm delighted. Any um, any opportunity that I can find April to kind of to share what my experience has been of tuning back into a different way of being um, and sharing that with people, I'm kind of, I'm delighted to be here. So yeah, so thank you. Very cool. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, this concept of cyclical living that you, that you speak about? Yeah. So it's um, in some ways, I think it feels quite new because it's one of those things that is coming back around as, um, as an idea or a concept. It's actually something that's really very ancient and it's, it's kind of our, our current our modern way of thinking of time is is we have these blocks of time where we work, we have blocks of time where we rest, and we have blocks of time to kind of fit in everything else. And that's come out of um, a very industrialized kind of way of way of working that fits a certain a certain type of doing things, a certain way of doing things. But it doesn't make any space or any consideration for how we we're designed as human beings, and that actually our physiology or biology is set to work in a much more cyclical way. So we kind of, um, for example, in the mornings, getting outside and being in in daylight as kind of as soon as you can in the morning, like resets our internal clock. 
yet we have all these other light sources that are around us at different points in the day that kind of put that clock off. And then we wonder why we're so tired and we wonder why we're also wide awake at various times of the day or the night as well when we don't really want to be, but we just kind of our systems get um, offset by by the the false structures, I guess, that we have around us, which, which we're... Um, kind of forced into by the way of by the current ways of working and the current ways of of expectation as to how we show up as well so a cyclical way of being is much more in tune with our own nature as as humans and as um nature itself is cyclical so it's kind of it follows that we're we're cyclical too and those cycles can be um the seasons of the year and, and the kind of that different flow through the year. It can be, if we have one, a menstrual cycle, it can um, be our own circadian rhythm. So the way that our, our hormones and our own um, biology changes through, through the day, the week, the months, the years as well. And it, there's so much more space in, in considering things in that way, rather than a linear, I just have to go along in these chunks of time um, no matter what I want to do personally or how I feel or what my energy is doing um, or what's important to me right now, there is this expectation that you follow you follow that pattern. So it's just, there's so much more freedom in it um, for me and there's so much more, uh, it's like a drop of the shoulders of a hurricane. So I can tune back into what I want and work around that rather than thinking I have to show up and do this thing now whether I don't want it or not. And I just think back, to so many times where I've been um, sat on the bed in a towel, just like staring at the wall, thinking I have to get up and go to I go to work. But I just, I don't want to. That's not what I want to do. That's not where my energy is. And I can't tell you a rhyme or a reason why. That's just not where my energy is. But the world expects us to show up. So it's it's just moving away from from that linear way into something that feels a lot more, a lot more natural, exactly as you said. So neat. And as I listen to you describe all that, you know, one of the things that comes up for me is it's like that switch from tracking the external and what all the external expectations and demands on us and really bringing it inward to where am I at right now? How am I doing right now? What are my own needs right now? And how do I maybe even just integrate that into, you know, those outside things that I might still have to connect to if that's my reality or shift things based on what's on my calendar or agenda based on how I'm doing. Yeah. It's so interesting. I remember, you know, as you say that about having a towel on your head and kind of just trying to like pep talk yourself into like getting out the door. Yeah. I feel like there was a time where I would show up for things really no matter what. And I remember like, so I'm from Canada and like, getting in my car when it's like a horrible snowstorm out and just having this idea that like, I cannot miss a shift at work, right? I cannot call into my boss and say, I'm not going to be there today. Despite the fact that like roads were closed, it probably wasn't safe to be out on the drive <laughs> to be driving, but it was just so built into my system to deliver and to be a good employee and to be productive really no matter what yeah and, and that whole culture around toxic productivity and the focus being on the output of what you do as opposed to how it's done or when it's done just, just it doesn't leave space for 
us to even spend that moment to pause and go, okay, so can what what am I feeling at the moment in inside? What do what's coming up for me that needs my attention? Um, what have I been resisting that perhaps I need to spend some time looking at? Because in the resistance, then you kind of then the crunchy stuff comes up of of building layers of of resistance that then at some point come a snap and that's how people get burnouts or um or have kind of stress stress periods and it's yeah we don't we don't have the space for the pause just to say well what is it that I really want at the moment and of course there's some times where you can't not show up um, especially if if you if you're employed by someone else or you have clients that you're that you need to meet their needs but when we're doing that all the time, we're not paying any attention to our to ourselves and we're dishonouring what our own needs are. And that puts a really kind of strong message back into our into our nervous system that we don't value ourselves because we're not allowing ourselves to to have that time. So it's about finding a balance of yes, there are times when I'm going to have to push through and I'm going to have to get things done if I don't feel like it. And I can also give myself the grace of of having times where I say my rest is going to be a priority now and I'm going to protect and honour and put boundaries around that time. And that then creates more of that natural flow rather than these really hard all in doing everything and then crashing back and not really getting the rest that we need in those periods because all we're doing is recovering rather than actually enjoying the the sensation of resting and it's it's really hard kind of like imagine being stuck in traffic where you're full forward and then you stop and then you fall forward and stop it's kind of it's really draining to live that way super draining and I love that you're kind of explaining that you know there's times and it's okay to do both that there's times when you might need to push yourself to follow through on an important commitment or responsibility or take care of something that does need done and, you know, also we need to check in with our own selves along the way, right? Yeah. And, and to question, is this a time when I have to, or am I just telling myself that this is a time when I really have to, right? Is it a true thing that I need to keep that commitment or something bad will happen, right? Or is it just a blanket way of being constantly accessible and available to the outside world? Yeah, exactly. And, and it becomes then um, a way of bringing in, especially if you're working in spaces where you're a leader or you have other people that you're responsible for, or even when you're working with clients, that if you can model a way of being and a way of working that says, I prioritize my rest. And when I do that, that means you get the best of me and I can give you my full attention at the times when it's when it's good for both of us, rather than... Um, us kind of running ourselves ragged and then you don't get the best of people and if you're working with teams and they can see you doing that as a leader or you're working with peer groups where you can set a boundary to say I'm not going to answer my phone out of out of hours or weekends of my time or whatever it needs to be when you set those boundaries you you kind of you're modeling that for people and you set a message of what's important to you and that allows people then to consider well actually is that is that something that I can do for myself as well? And the more then that we see people doing things in that way, it kind of gives other people permission to, to try as well. I, th- I think that's very true. And I think 
that's one of the things that has helped me to kind of nudge myself sometimes to like, you know, make a delayed response as opposed to an instant response or to kind of have some of those boundaries is also, you know, remembering that it is disrupting the status quo system and kind of sending out that implicit little challenge to that, that like, we don't have to respond within 10 hours or like, you know, instantly to each other, right? That's just not always good for us. Yeah. And, and it, it just kind of nudges the autopilot switch to off for a moment. And rather than just stuck in the usual um, automatic responses that we have to situations, if we see someone, someone else react in a different way, we go, oh, hang on. I didn't even realize that was an option for me that I could say no, or actually now that's connecting with the feeling that I've got about what I wanted to do. And now I've seen you do it. That means that maybe this is a space that I can get curious about and open up for myself. And that's something that I've seen with clients that I work with is that when they start to do that for themselves and that can ripple out to their clients, that can ripple out to their team, that can ripple out to their family members when they see a, sh- a shift out of autopilot that feels uncomfortable yet we don't know quite what is wrong because we just know that one track that we're on and we keep going when you switch off the autopilot and then kind of wake up and have a look around then you can start to change your behavior and other people see that and then it creates that yeah that ripple effect out can I ask was it challenging for you to start to I don't know if the right word feels like deprogram that out of your own system. Do you mind if It was a thought. So personally, I got to a point where I didn't, the choice got taken away. I, I worked in a way for so long, which I didn't realize was chronic burnout. Um, and that accumulated in an acute stress response where there was one small thing one day, which became the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and I ended up being signed off work for, for three months and anything associated with work kind of created an anxiety response. So my system just said, no, right? we're not working in this way anymore. And it happened during the transition from summer into autumn. And what I found really healing was going for walks every day and just being outside, being in a place that's very local and nearby, but I'd never really spent much time in suddenly became a sanctuary for me and just being able to sit in an outdoor space and and observe the world around me and just notice that there was a really beautiful flow of what nature does when it moves from one state to another. There isn't harsh lines in nature. It doesn't suddenly go from day to night. There is there's these really slow, gradual transitions and that leaves space for us to know that something is changing and let go of what's been and know that something else is coming. So whether we're moving into a state which might feel like a winter, which if we think about an internal winter, that might be very, we're we're looking internal, we're reflecting, we're spending more time on our own, we're kind of in the dark a little bit, we're maybe letting go of things, but that always transitions into spring and we can trust in that always transitioning. So if we're then in that state for ourselves, we know this won't last. This place that I'm in now, something else will will come through from it. Um, And there's so many things that have that kind of that seasonal pattern to them, that when we spend more time in nature, when we kind of make that connection with ourselves, then you can start to see those patterns for yourself as well and go, well, if I just trust in leaning into that pattern, what opens up for me? So 
going back to your question for myself it was more of a it was you have to do something has to change um and I probably made a few mistakes along the way as well like going it's so easy to go back into old patterns but then that creeping sensation of I'm going back to a place that I don't like being in um and recognizing what that felt like now and being able to tell the difference meant that as I was kind of felt like I was creeping back into that space I could put the brakes on and say no I don't what need, what do I need to change to not go back to this place? Where do, where have I um, where have I been cramming too much into my time? Where have I not been prioritizing rest? Where have I been seeking to consume rather than create? And that kind of sense that we numb ourselves with social media and that kind of idea of just zoning out to things. So it's it's, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I wouldn't recommend the burnout route, but I think for so many of us, it just it just happens because we don't know anything, any other way of being. Yes. And there's so many things that are coming up for me as I hear you describe all of that. And yeah, one, one of the things is this question of, you know, and I don't know where I saw this or whatever the first time, but that question of, you know, what season are you in? And, and the the importance of that, right? And the information that is in that. So for instance, um, in the Bolded Love as Love Collective group that we do, that's a question that I kind of bring into the beginning of that, that when we're looking at, you know, what are your changes that you want for yourself? What are you wanting to get out of this experience? Also kind of bringing that awareness as you're describing a little bit wider to like, what is actually all on your plate right now though, right? Because if you're in a stage where let's say you're processing some grief or there's lots of world issues like there are right now that's just happening, like we're feeling and absorbing all of that, even if we're not directly involved and it affects, you know, for me, you know, I just noticed for the last few weeks, like it affects my energy level. It affects my input. And it just becomes something that I have to be a little bit more mindful of. My system is processing a lot, even though I'm not directly involved, right? And in, in some of the things happening around me. So, yeah, it's just so interesting to me as I hear you describe this process of becoming just so very, very aware of how you're operating where your energy is going, how things are impacting you, as opposed to kind of that old paradigm that I think we've all been guilty of. I know I certainly have of like, those aren't even questions that get asked. And there's so much that we're doing. So for instance, even um, in the group that I was talking about, you know, one of the things I do is get people to kind of write out, you know, where have their time and energy been going? Because inevitably there's this whole list of like, invisible things that we don't even really give ourselves acknowledgement or credit for. Oh, I helped out this friend with this. Oh, I spent an hour supporting my family member on the phone. Oh, I spent some time getting the groceries and doing like all of these things that we almost count as like a zero for the use of our time and energy, because there's not a huge, big check mark necessarily that goes beside that. But it's all of these things that impact us and drain us. Yeah, yeah. Com- completely. There's, there's so many yeah, things. So many. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much that goes on that we don't notice, but our nervous system does. And our nervous system is kind of hyper aware 
all the time of things that we don't consciously notice. Um, so even if we're not watching the news or even if we're not directly impacted by by events, there there is there is an impact on us and that has an emotional cost and it has an energetic cost. Um, and there's part of our, our brains, our systems, which are busy kind of thinking about those things, even if it's not at the forefront of our consciousness. And yet we're still expected to turn up and show up in the same ways as if everything is fine. And then we also lump on top of that any personal um, impact that these that these world events are having or the um, all the other life stuff that goes on for us as well. And it's kind of like from a work perspective or a business perspective, it's, it's, it's if we have to exist separate from all those things, but that's not who we are. That's not how we work as humans. And actually it's, it does a disservice to um to our emotional capacity when we do try and pretend that everything is okay and there is actually so much that can come from building connection by acknowledging things in spaces where we may not normally do so so spending a moment in team meetings to say to people look there's so much going on at the moment it's we recognize that and we know that and um, encouraging people to move to space where they share, whether it's circles or or a coach or a therapist or somewhere, just making sure that people have places they can they can share things out rather than kind of keeping it in. And from a cyclical kind of idea, it's you need to have that idea of releasing something before you can then have the capacity to hold something else. Everything has to have its time, whether it's a feeling of joy or if it's sadness or grief, it, it needs to move through its cycle of of being developed, identified as what it is, recognised, appreciated, and then and then moved on. Um, and again, that cycle, especially around the ideas of grief or sadness or anger, kind of those so-called kind of air quote negative feelings we're supposed to ignore or we're supposed to move on as quickly as possible and we don't let ourselves sit with them for a moment and experience the discomfort that comes with them but honour that feeling for whatever it's trying to tell us and then and then find ways to release it instead everything just gets kind of packed packed down and if we reduce our capacity for those feelings and we also reduce our capacity for joy and um and happiness and those other kind of things that we that we seek out as well and then it becomes this we're constantly looking to find those points of joy not realizing that we can't experience them so much because we're numbing ourselves from from everything else that's right because we're too spread thin we're too depleted we're too tired mm-hmm. yeah 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 and and there's so many things that we're trying to not look at or resist or ignore or um or hide that it just becomes like all the little parts of us are, are separated and and trying to do different things we don't then get to be a whole imperfect messy person which is what we all we all are we're all imperfect we're all messy we're all contradictions um within ourselves and it's just i yeah i think accepting that for each other and for ourselves can be quite a powerful thing 
It's so neat. And I think maybe that's one of the most powerful things, you know, just my outsider view of, um, you know, your work is really, you know, in my experience of just being a part of your workshops at different points in time, is you really just make room for the true humanness, unspoken thing in our culture in so many ways. We're like, we're not supposed to be impacted. We're not supposed to be affected by things. We're supposed to just always kind of perform at this robot kind of level. Um, And so I, I so love that really, you know, as I listen to you talk, it's just like weaving in the beautiful humanness of it back into our lives again. Yeah, just and just just weaving those things through, especially because it's, yeah, especially if you're in spaces where you're expected to be a leader or you're expected to show up in a certain way for people, or you need to re- need to present to clients um, or people that you work with in a certain way. This persona that we end up wearing, this kind of false mask that we wear, so that we can feel comfortable or if we can feel we belong in, in spaces, means that we're leaving parts of our true self behind and it can become really um it can feel really disconnected to to then know who we actually are especially if we have to be a different persona for different people so we're someone for family we're someone for friends we're someone in different spaces well then who when do we get to be ourselves? and when do we get to be someone that needs help when actually we're always the person that other people go to for help? When do we get to say for ourselves, I need help? Or when do we say, I've made, when do we get to say, I've made a mistake when you're supposed to be the person that um, is teaching people how to do something and you're supposed to be the example of, of, um, of perfection as well. And perfection is a whole other kind of myth. And, and it's just this idea of we've, there's, there's so many parts of us that, we can forget them if we're trying to be different people for everyone else and we're pleasing everyone else rather than pleasing ourselves. And that's why I love the um, the Disney film Encanto and the lesson that came with that around we kind of put people in boxes and we limit them then to what they are capable of doing when we put people in a box. But when we take away the box and we let people be human and we just say, you just do what feels good for you or explore what feels good, then so much more things become possible for ourselves and for others when we can show up messy and incomplete and all those other human things. Yes, that's so brilliant. So brilliant. So I'm wondering if we can share just maybe a few ideas of how people can start to, I mean, I love everything you shared about the teams and and the workplaces and, and all of that. But even just in terms of people's daily life of how they can maybe get a little bit more connected to the cyclical way of living. The I think the two most powerful things that you can do is to is to take a pause or take your foot off the accelerator and just reduce your momentum for a little bit and notice what you can notice when you do that. What do you feel in your body? What thoughts come up? Um, what is your breath doing? Where are you feeling? Where are you feeling tension? And just exploring, getting to know your your physical self, your, your body, because we spend so much time in our heads um, that we forget that our nervous system kind of goes throughout our whole body. And actually, there is so much more information and wisdom there for us. Um, and then within that stillness as well, allowing it to be 
big enough that you can listen to your intuition and your intuition may be a voice that you kind of that you can hear that's quite clear it may be literal kind of gut feelings it may be um that sensation you get in your heart or your throat there's different there's there's different sensations that that we can get that we can count as our intuition and just ask yourself what do you need right now and just notice what response you get to that question Um, and we, because we don't ask ourselves that often enough, we ask it. We ask so many people through our days and weeks, what do you need? What can I get you? But we don't ask ourselves enough. So just that pause or, and what do you need right now? Especially maybe doing that first thing when you wake up um, and then identifying from there. Okay, so yes, I have got a big day ahead of me, but actually I need some time to relax. So I'm going to make sure this evening when I come in, I'm going to, take much some time for myself or actually I really can't face work today and I need to let someone know I'm not going to be coming in and set that boundary and um do, doing something for yourself in that way starts to build layers of trust back for yourself as well and you become you can become you can again become a safe place for your nervous system to express its needs and the more that you do that, the more you'll be able to tune into what your body is is saying, what your mind is, what your feelings need for you, from you. And that's so smart because, you know, what I believe is when we're not listening to some of those signals that our nervous system is telling us, right, or that our system is telling us, it just gets louder and louder and louder until eventually, like, we have no choice because it's just taken us out, right? Yeah. And, and that's just kind of the human experience of that. So, so neat. I love how you're really encouraging people of just starting to turn inward, ask that question of what do I need? And, and it's so neat because I think, you know, there might be times when, when people do that and there's not an answer that comes up, there's not really a response, but just continuing to kind of ask that question, because like you said, it's this beautiful thing of really building that relationship up and building trust so that your system can start to speak to you in a way you can hear. Yeah, especially if you haven't been listening or you've it's not something that you've got experience of doing or you even know what your intuition feels or sounds like, there may not be that initial response um but the the showing up thing and the being committed to showing up and saying I am someone who shows up for myself and the way that I do that is to ask myself what I need every day and just that simple act and repeating that act um will build will, will build the opportunity for you to be still and notice and then from that then whatever else that's that's there will kind of make itself known to you so true. I love that. And can I ask Sadie, can you share with us a little bit about, you know, just ways that people can work with you if if you're available for that and how people can stay connected with you? Sure. So I have um I do one-to-one coaching. Um I'm you can find me at this curious life coaching. Um, So I do one-to-one coaching. I have a group program that's running at the moment, um, which I'm hoping will repeat. We had our first circle last night and it was, it was just a glorious, a glorious thing to witness. So I'm sure I'll be doing more of those again. And that's working with intentions guided by the moon. So it's kind of over a longer period of time. Um, And I do shadow work with people as well. So I've got a course 
I'm in the middle of creating. <laughs> um, so it's kind of it's it's in its early its early stages to um, as a really kind of introductory course to what shadow work is and how it can be supportive. Um, and I also have a kind of like a half day intensive session as well, which is really good for if you have a creative endeavor in mind or a project that you kind of you're, you're stuck in that planning stage. It's to help creative people kind of move past that initial block of how do I get started so they can share their their wonderful creativity with the world. So a various collection um, collection of ways of working with me. Beautiful. And as I shared before, you know, I, I really loved attending your workshops and I found them just so valuable to even just be a part of that circle and group um, because there's just, you have such a fantastic way of yeah, kind of shaking up the status quo and helping us to get that out of our systems and create a little bit more of a gentler, balanced, cyclical life. So I love that. So thank you so, so much for being a part of this. And I'm going to share all of your links. So if people are looking to um, stay in touch with Sadie, you can find her. I know you're hanging out on Instagram. What's your handle on there again? I am this curious life coaching on there as well. Perfect. So yeah, and I'll share that all in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here, Sadie. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, April. It's been a a lovely conversation. So thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.